Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Well, hey, welcome, Effort of Community Church. I'm glad that you're here with us today. My name is Dan Gaunt, in case you don't know me, and you know this guy here, Kevin Eshelman. We are glad to be here with you to discuss a great weekend we had on June 24th and 25th. This was a story I know that you love Mm -hmm. from the Gospel of John, John chapter 9, about the man born blind. Uh, the sixth of seven signs that we're yeah. going to be talking yeah. about this year during this series uh, about the signs. And uh, Kevin, like I said, I, I know this is one of your favorites uh, coming out of this uh, yeah. weekend. And um, so any reflections on the weekend? Yeah, well, first of all, it's kind of hard to say what's a favorite because yeah. I think you end up losing credibility when everything's a favorite. <laughs> that's all. I'm, I, I say that like every passage yeah, is my right. favorite. This is my favorite story. verse yeah. in the Bible. It's like, yeah. okay, well, you just like the whole Bible. So yeah, you have to, right. have to kind of get used to that. <laughs> But this story is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and especially, I mentioned this a little bit on, on this, past, this past Sunday, past weekend, when it came to the social status of the blind man. Um, it's so hard for us. We, it really, we just need to take the time to dial back slowly and actually consider Scripture, not just read Scripture. Yep. So, and I know, I think there's a limitation like for people like you and I, our desire is to dig back through time and uh, get a context for where the story is and mine those principles and then bring them to our context, context today. So to recognize that that's somewhat impossible for us to do completely, but we, can yeah. do, we can't be lazy and just not do any of that. And so to think back to um, 2,000 years ago, this man born blind, this baby born blind, um, no medical understanding about how that is. No, hey, we can help. We can get some corrective fl- uh, frames and, and lenses and do something. Nothing. Yeah. So this guy, from the moment that they recognized that he could not see, his life course was set. You're a beggar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No education. Yeah. No, uh, no skill. Yeah. Uh, what his family taught would have taught him to... To basically get along uh, and manage himself to some degree, but almost raise him enough. It makes you wonder, it says he was a man, so he's over 12. He's of age, his parents said. Mm-hmm. So he was in, so whether he was 20 or 30 or 16, uh, we have no idea. But probably since he was maybe four or five, he probably was begging. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think about not only that, but like culturally, he would have been, uh, you know, the disciples kind of hint towards it, the, the Pharisees do later, that culturally he'd have been seen as cursed. Yep, uh, right. There would have been some sin either in his life or uh, his family's life or, yep. you know, something like that uh, that would have caused him to be blind. And so he would have either carried that, maybe, we don't know, but he the could have carried that it. in his identity. Yep. Uh, on top of that, all of this uh, is what he's bringing into this encounter with yep. Jesus. Yeah, it's really incredible. Um, then, of course, you have the opposite of that to Pharisees. Yeah. So uh, you know, we uh, dish on them a good bit, but in again, two thousand years ago, they were they were elite. Mm-hmm. They were the best of the best. Uh, same with Sadducees. Sadducees were fairly wealthy people. They were like upper upper middle upper upper class. Is that right? Upper class or up? I mean, that's that's yep. who they would have been. Pretty significant political party. Pharisees right up there with them as well. 
uh, Pharisees would have had a more um, significant religious social status. So they were highly respected. And so you just had, it's almost like you can't have two, um, two groups or one person, one group more um, removed from one another in that culture than those two guys, those two groups. Yeah. And you know, uh, and you all, if you were here, you heard the story, you know the story from uh, John chapter 9, but you know, Jesus heals this man and then what what ends up happening is he gets called in in front of a almost yeah. a tribunal, right? That's and really I, what it was. <laughs> and I just love I just love the verse uh, and I want to kind of uh, talk about a little bit of this cuz it had an impact on me when you talk about the verse uh, when they're talking to him and, and the Pharisees basically say, um, you know, we know that this is a sinner, so this cannot be of God, right? And, and the guy basically just says in verse 25, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. But the one thing I know is I was blind and now yep. I can see. Yep. Yeah, he had an experience and an encounter yes. with the Lord where he was healed. Um, and uh, that gave him a, 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 a kind of confidence. All the, we just mentioned all of these things that were kind of yep. up against him. Uh, leading into this, and then he he had a confidence to say that. And I just wanted to know, you know, what were your thoughts? Do you have more thoughts even than what you said on Sunday about that encounter? Yeah, well, I think actually it goes through a couple different phases there. It goes from one level to the next. So the first one is that statement, um, you know, they're looking for a theological explanation as why God is operating outside of their box. (laughs) It's like, this is the way I've always understood God, and now God has the gall (laughs) to do something I don't expect. That never happens. That never happens, that's right. (laughs) And uh, so they're asking him these these questions. Well, he's taken the simple approach to simply say, listen, I don't know, but um, I know that I was blind, and now I can see. So how you guys figure out whether he shouldn't have done it on the Sabbath, like, that's up to you. I know, I know what I have. Yeah. But then it went to the next level where they called him back in. And they said, okay, let's examine a little bit closer. Tell us again what he did. And he's like, I'm not telling you again. I've told you once. And then, of course, but he, he takes a level of boldness there. So previously, there's almost like this, you figure that out. I know what's happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then when they re-examine, then he gets like, okay, this has gone too far now. Mm. And so it becomes a little bit more like, I'm just kind of keeping this to myself. This is here. Like, and then he, he actually pushes it back on them. Well, isn't that something? You people are supposed to be studying God's word. You don't know where this guy comes from. Um, and yet he opened the eyes of the blind. No one's ever heard of that before. So then he, he almost goes on. He wasn't necessarily on the defensive before. But then he actually goes on the offensive. Yeah. To say, come on, guys, you, you, you need to know this. I can't believe you don't know what's going on here. And the point behind all of that, and I think this is, this is something at the heart of effort of community church that we just need to point out. Um, intellectual knowledge, as important as what that is, you and I have both studied, I mean, we love, I mean, good grief. The, the, the study that we can do on God's Word and about God's Word is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. But all the study in the world um, doesn't do with a single experience with God. Yeah, does. come on. And so when it comes to the way that we, that we look at our weekend services, the way that we, um, like a, the way, one of the ways that we pray is, man, we want people to encounter God. Yep. Because when you encounter God, like that's not going to be robbed of you. That's not going to be taken away. Yeah. It won't be argued out. Um, even if you yourself don't understand what happened, you've, you've, you've had an encounter 
You go from I know about God to I know God. Yeah. And that's a whole different way. And we consistently hear that in our testimonies. You know, Lorelai this past weekend, <laughs> uh, you know, where she just simply says, uh, I'm trying to think of all the words she used at the end, where she, you, know, you could tell she was barely getting through saying those words because she yeah. was about to cry. He's my father, he's my caregiver, he's my way maker. I just made those statements. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hers, man. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that Sunday afternoon, um, just even personally, this whole part of your sermon uh, just really impacted me because I was just thinking about, um, I mean, we, we don't have the time, but I was just thinking about like, you know, the handful of just what I would consider in my life, like radical personal encounters yep. with the Lord and the way that they shape me. And far and above my studies, far and above. I mean, yeah. not to discount those things, yeah. but you're right. Like they can't be taken <clears throat> away from me, and you can't argue to me. Uh, you you can't come up with an argument that would convince me that God isn't real mm-hmm. and that He doesn't love me and doesn't yep. know me personally, because I've had those experiences yep. with Him. Yep. And, yeah. And um, even when you don't, okay. Well, what about this? About okay, I can't answer that question. Yeah. But I know this. This yeah, I do this know. This I do know. That's right. Right, just like the man yeah. said powerfully. Um, but you know, the thing that keeps us sometimes uh, from those realities or from experiencing God that way certainly it did for the Pharisees in the passage was blindness. And you yep. you, you you spoke specifically about uh, three ways on Sunday. I know there's more than that. Yeah. But you spoke about uh, the blindness of works and reward, yep. uh, the blindness of comfort and the blindness of religion. And uh, I don't know if you wanted to, you know, talk any more about those three. I know yeah. you said some more. We'll get to that in a second. But is there anything that you, yep. you know, I leave every time I speak and I'm like, man, there was so much more I could have said. <laughs> so I didn't know if there was anything else that you wanted to yeah. expound upon that. Well, even that, um, again, there's so much work there that could be done, just even in the person who was physically blind and got healed. Yeah. But then I just thought about the rest of the people in that story that uh, were there and could not see. Yeah. You know, so it was everything from the disciples not seeing the need, the neighbors who, like, you're messing with my confinement box that I keep God in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to discount, especially like when it comes to the parents. Could you imagine being the parents? Yeah. So um, they've nurtured, I mean, it almost could have been a sense of unbelief that they would have said, like, I, I don't have answers for what occurred, so he's of age, you're just going to need to talk to him personally. Yeah. So I know it states there that they said that because the Jews were going to put anybody out that claimed that Christ was the Messiah, although they weren't asking the parents to do that. Like, the, the, they were asking the parents, um, you know, is your son blind? He said, yes, he is. They were asking about an encounter. They weren't actually asking him to make a confession. But, but there were so many, so many people right around there, including the disciples, that they didn't have a box to put this experience in. And so it, it became a limiting factor with that. So I just began to think about those things that blind us. Yeah. And the list could go on. Uh, unbelief. You know, one of the things that people say is, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, no, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do. Right, yeah. But the Pharisees saw it. They didn't believe. Right. So that's almost like a, that's almost like a uh, oh, but if I could really see it, I would believe it. And, but not only for them mm-hmm. all those years ago, but even now, again, um, 
you can show up with actual physical evidence of a healing and you'll still get the response from some people. I just can't believe that. Yeah. Now, sometimes that's just actually a phrase that we use that something is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but sometimes it, like folks literally just can't get to that place to, to affirm that it actually happened. So there's a, almost like a multitude of ways. You can say we're blinded by tradition, yeah. the way it's always worked, which is maybe the comfort piece there as well. This is the way it's always been. Let's face it, we like control of our own lives. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, the thing, the thing is beautiful, and I think one of the reasons, I mean, stated or not, it certainly was stated by John, but one of the reasons even to do a study like this is, you know, what John says at the end, that, you know, these things were written yeah. so, so that you may believe yep. and that you may have faith in yep. Jesus. And, you know, Jesus even said um, to Thomas, like, blessed are those that, that don't see yeah. and still believe, yep. right? And yep. so um, even spending time in these stories, it's just not so we can fill 40 minutes of a, our gatherings on Wednesday <laughs> yeah. or on Sunday mornings or Saturday nights. And so we can truly... Uh, come to have faith that God can do things we haven't seen yet. Exactly. And, and um, I don't know, there's just power in that for me. Yeah. And, and the thing is, of course, um, while there may be a dozen different ways that we can be blind, and the problem with that is that we probably don't see the areas yeah. that, um, that we're blind in. Um, every now and then I get what's called a macular or ocular migraine, okay. which yep. has no pain in it whatsoever. But I'll have these blank spots in my eyes. And it passes. It's just kind of a strange thing. Yeah. But the thing is, I can't see what I can't see mm-hmm. when that kind of thing occurs, which is pretty rare, by the way, if you want me to feel sorry for it. <laughs> um, but, it's, it's, but in some words, so what, we're, what we concluded the weekend with was asking God, open my eyes. Yeah. So that passage from Ephesians chapter 1, that the eyes of our hearts might be enlightened. Yep. So the word enlightened in the original language is going from dark to light. So um, it's like if we were to walk in this room and no lights are on, so you can't see a thing. And someone hits the light switch or you open the, you know, you turn on the flashlight and you're shining various places and it sheds light on things you would not see in the dark. So the idea is that our hearts to some degree are somewhat darkened. Yep. And we're asking Jesus, we're asking the Holy Spirit to, or God, actually specifically in that case, God the Father, to give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of God, that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. So we're recognizing that I, I need to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, it goes through at least four specific things that, that um, Paul is praying for, uh, the hope to which he has called you. And, like, do we live in that kind of hope? Do we have that kind of eternal hope and the power, the, the immeasurable riches yeah. of his power towards us who believe? Like the list just goes on of these things that yeah. we think, do I see that? <laughs> and if I don't see that, even if to some degree I do see it, yeah, expand my understanding. Yeah, he says our glorious inheritance. Yep. And Christ is head over all things. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think about uh, you know as we're wrapping up, I think about <clears throat> um, when you go shopping for a new car. And uh, you or a new to you car, yeah, and, new to you, car. you know, and you yeah. buy it, and you haven't seen it on the road, or you feel like it's you know you unique, it's unique to you. <laughs> and, and then yeah. as soon as you start driving it, you see it everywhere. Yeah. You know, uh, your eyes are opened yeah. to to the normalcy of of that, right? 
And, and what an amazing thing spiritually to pray this prayer from Ephesians chapter 1 and, and that the Holy Spirit can open our spiritual eyes exactly. to be able to see everywhere yep. the hope, yep. our inheritance, God's power. Yep. Um, man, that's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> and just simply to recognize um, we're kind of helpless if we don't see. Amen. So we've got to posture ourselves before the Lord and say, God, open our eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And pray that for other people as well. That's good. That's good. Yep. Well, that's your assignment for this week. If, uh, and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> uh, for all of you that joined us, we, we thank you for joining us today as we look forward to uh, the coming Sunday, July uh, 1st and 2nd. Uh, I have the opportunity, the privilege of sharing yep. a, on uh, the uh, Lazarus rising from the dead and, and finishing this series, wrapping up the series. I look forward to that. I can't wait. Uh, I hope uh, if you're listening to this the week prior that you would come out and join us or uh, catch that online. And uh, additionally, um, if you're watching this this week between the June 26th and 30th, I want to remind you, uh, Kids Camp is mm -hmm. happening this week. Yep. And uh, last I heard, we have uh, 330 plus kids yep. and I think it's 158, probably more uh, adults and, and teen volunteers here just investing in the lives of those children. Yep. That's awesome. It I don't is. know, but for me, like to see all the activity, to see all the kids, to see this <laughs> happening, uh, such an encouraging thing. So we just want to invite you uh, to pray with us for that. Pray for those adults and teens and pray for our kids that they would encounter the encounter Jesus this week, to have an experience with Jesus this week. Uh, so <clears throat> they would be able to say, I don't know about all those things, but this I do know after a week like this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And also just to remind everybody as well, uh, the big tent came down that was... Um, you know, between Clearview Road and 322, that was a Jesus Rally tent. So the tent came down, but Jesus Rallies is happening. It's open air on Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, there is actually a tent that's going to be over the platform itself, but I'm looking forward to an open air meeting. Tent meetings are pretty cool. Yes, they are. But open air meetings, we'll call them open heaven meetings. Amen. <laughs> that's great. Well, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon. God bless. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us at effortacommunitychurch.com.